0: Hello and welcome back to the True Blues Sporting Podcast and a review of the week that was in Australian sport. A very special week in Australian sport this past week with it being ANZAC round and the NRL and AFL. They do it so well, as well as also an F1 race which took place in Imola. So that's all to look forward to. But as we do, we jump straight into Into the NRL for this week and it started off on Thursday night with the Cronulla Sharks 34 victorious over the Manly Seagulls who scored 22 points in that second half. This contest it was a blistering first half from Cronulla and specifically Sifer Talakai. He has been in sensational form since that move to centre. It's really unlocked a part of his game It's amazing to think that he almost gave the game away and he's playing footy like he is. People are saying he's in origin contention. For mine, he's not there yet because it's only a couple games this season. But he's just damaging, completely damaging. He gave Morgan Harper absolute nightmares on the weekend. And they had no answers for it. Morgan Harper, it's so unfortunate to see because he's such a good defender and was a key part to that lineup last season, uh, which saw Manley make a prelim final. Um, And I think everyone's... Qu- quickly forgotten that because of the performance on Thursday night. Cooler came on, he filled that role in that second half, and I thought he did a good job, um, but it was just a blistering first half from Cronulla. Unfortunately for them, they didn't quite go on with it. You know, up 32 um, nil at half time. you would hope that your side would go on at that, and I think if it's Penrith or it's, if it's Melbourne, they go on and they put 50 points on Manly. Um, but that's the next stage of Cronulla's development, and... Um, Cherry Evans, I thought he was good in a beaten side, especially in that second half with Ola Kawatu. But there was three three injuries coming out of this game for Manly. So not only the scoreboard hit him badly, but also the injuries that um, has impacted their squad moving forward. Um, and Manly, they're going to have to bounce back this week against the Rabbitohs. It's going to be a big, big contest for them um, because it was a disappointing first half. Being blown off the park like that in the first half, uh, just was too easy. Cronulla were moving the ball fantastically. Obviously, Talakai had a night out, and when that happens, you sort of accept it. But, you know, they've got to be better than that, and they've got to um, bounce back. It's a big reflection on um, Manly as a side to see how they will bounce back and see how they will go um, this weekend. And I think that's the big test. Obviously, Cronulla, they're playing some fantastic football, and cr- what Craig Fitzgibbon is doing there um, is superb. So, um a great performance for Cronulla. They started off the week with an emphatic victory, and it was just a great game to watch. Because even when, you know, Cronulla, they kicked clear early, and they were out in front, and they were dominating. But Manly, they just slowly came, started to come back. That second half, they got one. They got the first one within the first five minutes of that second half, and you thought, okay, if they get another one, they're a chance. They got another one, and they just kept going. They kept going down the field, marching down the field, And um, Cherry Evans, as I said, he was a catalyst to that sort of comeback. Obviously, they didn't get it done. Um, But, yeah, he was very good in a beaten side. So, for Cronulla, they move forward. Um, They're starting to really cement themselves as a top four side in this competition. And for Manly, I think the big test for them and the big sort of where we get a gauge on Manly is how they respond to a performance like that. It was obviously a very disappointing performance. So, it's all about the rebound factor now for mine with Manly. If they can bounce back and put in a fantastic performance, I think they'll be, you know, I think that'll show a lot of character about their squad. Uh, but This game has the potential to really impact them and knock them. Obviously, all the talk has been about how good Talakai was, how good that Kronelis side was. And, you know, defensively, they weren't up to it um, manly. And a lot of it gets put onto Morgan Harper, um, obviously, because he was guarding uh, Talakai directly. But the whole defensive system of that right edge was just completely off. They sat away and they worked towards the sideline and tried to use the sideline as an extra defender, but it just allowed Talakai to get the ball, take a carry and really dig into that offensive line with his footwork, with his one thing I didn't realize, realize about Talakai is he's so silky with his hands and he put a grubber through for the fullback, William Kennedy. So he's got the all round package. Um, so you cannot sit off on him. You have to go up and be aggressive against him. And they weren't aggressive as an edge. Um, I think onus needs to be put on the whole edge rather than just Morgan Harper. I think people just look at Morgan Harper and go, yep, there's the four guy, there's the scapegoat, whatever you want to call it, and we'll put it on him and say that he is the reason which we got beat and why Talakai had a day out. But defensively, I think their whole defensive pattern just didn't work. Um, Sitting off to Talakai, you've got to get up, you've got to be aggressive against him, um, and that's how you're going to shut him down. If you give him the ball, if you allow... For Moylan to get him the ball very early, he's just going to cause absolute chaos on that edge like he did. So Morgan Harper, yes, he had a poor night, but he was not the sole issue as to why that happened. There was only the one game on Friday night, obviously, with it being Anzac round. It was a Brisbane Broncos, 34 points to 14 against the Bulldogs. And for the Bulldogs, up 10 um in this game. And they just... They just got run down. They just got gassed. And it was really um, good to see for Brisbane. A lot of talk about Reynolds signing to Brisbane um, to win games. And he was fantastic on the weekend. Four tries. He just had a hand in everything that Brisbane did. And exactly was the reason why they signed him to go to that football club. You know, he just controlled the game so beautifully. And down 10-0, um, I-, I was sitting there thinking to myself, oh, The Bulldogs, they're they're playing some good footy. I thought the young centre was fantastic on debut. Um, I think it was um, a very good performance from Josh Adokar. He obviously got two tries, and that was probably his best game in a Bulldogs jersey. Um, But Brisbane, they just got a roll on, and they just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I think what the Bulldogs did really well is they took advantage of the um, time which Payne Haas was off the field. Payne Haas, he... He looked to have succumbed to an AC joint injury. He went off the field for about 20, uh, 15, 20 minutes. And that's when the Bulldogs really cemented themselves and started to win the battle in the middle third of the field. And they started to allow, which then gave space for the likes of Dufty and all that to get into the game. And um, I thought when Payne Haas came back on, Payne Haas, he just wrestled that back and he looked to um, whatever was going on with that shoulder, it looked to be... Um, completely healed and he was um he was the best forward on the park for mine he's always is good tony staggs he was great at right center and we really saw the emergence and the coming of selwyn Cobbo. we've been told about it for a long period of time i've been a big fan of Cobo and i think he has got a immense potential in this game and it was a great performance from him on the weekend that try which he set up with that kick he catches it one motion in the air puts the kick through and i believe it was kennedy comes through and um takes the ball and score. If we look at that play, Matt Dufty, he's just got to attack that footy. I've been really critical on Matt Dufty and his positional play at fullback, his defensive attributes at fullback, and I think that play proved it. He didn't take... He wasn't willing to put his body on the line where I think 15 of the other... Um, fullbacks of the competition would put their body in the line if they don't get the ball they'll take the knock and they'll just show that it just shows to your teammates even if you don't get the ball even if you get smashed even if you you know you get the ball you get smashed you knock it on it just shows to your teammates i'm here for you today and yes the game was gone and yes it was at the end but you know that's what defines teams and that's what defines efforts in a season um you know Teammates look at that and go, okay, yep, the game's gone. It's, seven, it's the 79th minute, but this bloke's still willing to go for me. So I think that needs to be looked at for Dufty. Personally, I said last week when I was on the big Lez's Sport um, podcast, I think Dufty needs a spell in reserve grade. I still still think that is the way which they need to go. I don't think they will do that. But for me, he just needs to, a spell to get his confidence back and get to playing the way that Matt Dufty does because when he's got the ball in hand, is absolutely damaging. But unfortunately, we're just not seeing it because there is no confidence in his game. I thought the Bulldogs, they completely shot themselves in the foot in that second half and at the start of the second half. And then once Brisbane got a roll on, they just kept going and going and going. So um, Brisbane, a much-needed win for Brisbane. And then the Bulldogs, they slumped to the bottom of the competition, um, which is extremely disappointing considering where people had them going in the start of the season. People had them rising up the ladder. And, um it seems to be no correlation with who they've brought in and where they're going. So it's going to take a teething process for them. It's I think it's very obvious to everyone that they are not the finished product. And I think this season might be another long one for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs if that performance is anything to go by. Because they're in the game for periods, but then they drop off and don't keep going. I thought Kyle Flanagan, he's having some good touches and he's, Having that time in first grade to really develop a combination with Matt Burton, and I think if that's allowed to flourish, that will help uh, the Bulldogs win some football games. But the Broncos—they were dominant in that second half. When the game was in the balance, the big players of the Bulldogs, uh, from the Broncos rather, they stood up. Reynolds was fantastic, as I said before. It's his best performance in a Broncos jersey, and it's only gonna—they just that performance gives them confidence to know that they've got a player there who can really just take the game by the scruff of the neck and um, go get some wins. And it's going to be a fantastic battle this weekend between uh, Katoni Stags and Sifatalakai. As I mentioned before, Talakai was the best player in the park in, um, against Cronulla. But this contest, um, Katoni Stags was asked about it after the game, and he said, um, let's bring it on, bring it on, um, Talakai. He basically called him out, and this matchup will be worth... Um, the cost of admission um, on its own. And I can't wait to see that. And um, it's great to see Staggs embracing the challenge, embracing the contest of what many would say is the informed center in the competition. And he'll be doing everything to get over his opposite number as, as Staggs is also fighting for that center spot in origin, which has appeared to open up, but that is next week. And it's a great performance from Brisbane. They got what they needed to do done and um, the Bulldogs, they've got a lot of work to do for mine moving forward. Saturday, uh, the Cowboys were at home, and they won 30 points to four against the Gold Coast Titans. Now, I am comp- I am completely shocked about how the Cowboys are going. As I uh, predicted earlier on in the year, I had them winning the wooden spoon. I don't think that will be the case anymore. Yes, they haven't played a top four side, but they're just playing some good football Valentine Holmes, Scott Drinkwater, Tom Deard and Chad Towns and their key players, Tamalolo's return to form. Their key players are really standing up and taking control of this side. And, and really, it just allows the younger um, younger players in this squad to flourish. As I said in the, in the start of the year and in my preview, I think they have enough flair and strike to win the big games, but they're going to have to rely on production from their juniors and their younger players in the squad consistently throughout the year. We're seven rounds into the... Um, competition. They're top four in defense. That's no fluke. To do it for seven rounds and to do it for over a month, that's no fluke. That goes back to the defensive structures, which have been put in place over the preseason. And Todd Payton has done a fantastic job there. And then they've got the strike and the poise um, to get points. So they're able to get points, but then they're able to back their defense and really knuckle down when they need to. Uh, there's a lot of questions about what happens when the Hammer comes back into this squad. I think Drinkwater stays in the side. He's been fantastic. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to where the Cowboys go to because now they've set uh, a standard and where they can be. They can sh- they've can they shown that they can play some fantastic football, but now the test is when they go up against those top four sides, and that's when we really find and get a gauge on where they're at and if they will be a side fighting for finals football. I do acknowledge that last year they were sitting in the eight, um, you know, halfway through the season, and they had a dramatic drop off um, in that um, second half of the season. But I think the leadership of Chad Townsend has really been um, what this side's needed. He's a half halfback. He, he's a barker. And he's just, you know, his leadership is, really showing in this squad and Valentine Holmes, he's returned to that form, which we saw in 2016. He's playing center. He's that strike center, which they have. And he just pops up on the, um, anywhere on the football field. And he just takes the game on and, um, play some fantastic football. So the Cowboys, they've had a superb start of the season and they're impressing me. Um, each week that goes on each week, they keep going. They've got the Eels this week. I think they can get the job done over the Parramatta Eels. And I, um, That'll be a great contest on Saturday night. So really looking forward to see how that game goes. Um, but then if we touch on the Titans, geez, they've been disappointing to start the season. A lot of raps on them obviously being um, a finals team last year. They played finals last year, obviously being knocked out by the Roosters. But to start the season, they've been completely off. They just haven't been what they were last year. And there just seems to be no direction, um, no... No organization. I think that comes down to the youth in their spine. As I said, that was my biggest concern with the Gold Coast Titans. And in this contest, they moved David Fafida to the centers. And and this was a decision which I was very, very puzzled with. And I don't get it. Uh, He got stood up on a couple of occasions. Uh, The first try, um, which Tom Dearden scored, Valentine Holmes stood him up. Then Scott Drinkwater's try, he just drifted across the field got to his point, got to Fafita's outside shoulder and took him on for speed and got past him. So that's two tries. The biggest biggest thing about playing centre is the defence. I think he really needs um, to stay in the back row and I think he should stay in the back row. David Fafita is not a centre and that was proved on the weekend. But, you know, because they struggled to get him the ball when he plays back row, so now he's one back out. He's one out in the defensive line now and it's going to be even harder to get him the football. So um, yeah, the, the, the experiment uh, Holbrook said in his post-match press conference, uh, we were desperate. Uh, We didn't have the position, the players to fill that position. We haven't been winning games. We wanted to try it, see how it went. Yes. Okay. Try it, experiment it. It didn't go well. So that, um, sort of affirms where David Fafita's position is. It's in the back row, and it's being a damaging one at that. But the biggest concern for the Titans is defensively. Um, you know, to concede 30 points in a, in a derby, essentially the North Queensland Cowboys and the, the Gold Coast Titans is considered a derby they played for the 4X um, trophy, which all Queensland teams do. So extremely disappointing from them. Defensively off, um, that's been their biggest concern this year. You look at their, um, their uh, performances... And, yeah, they've leaked way too many points um, for mine. And, you know, I've got serious concerns about the Titans moving forward um, because, you know, they're just a shell of their um, former selves last year. You know, they're they're not playing that exciting brand of footy, which they were. And um, defensively, they're just not there. So a good performance from the Cowboys and the Titans. Well, they were very disappointing to say the least. 7.30 on Saturday night, it was the West Tigers one point victors again, twenty three points to twenty two against the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and what a game it was for the West Tigers, completing upwards, um, completing forty three from forty four. Essentially, they completed um, almost all their sets, and they were fantastic with the football. And it wasn't the fact that you know the the Bulldogs in previous seasons they've completed very well, but they've done nothing with the footy. What, these, what the Tigers did on, on Saturday night is they completed fantastically, but they also played football. They also played and took the game on and, and took it to South Sydney's defense. And it was great to see, um, obviously, the wraps of Jackson Hastings. Jackson Hastings has been um, superb to start. Um, superb since he's moved to halfback for the Tigers. And I was there at the game on Saturday, and you could just see the control and the the direction he has this footy side going around. I think I sat there for five, ten minutes just watching him and not for one minute did he stop pointing, moving, talking um, to his side as he moved them around the park, which then allows Luke Brooks to free up and play the way that he did. He was the man that kicked the match-winning field goal. And then the uh, the go-ahead try with a 70-metre dash from a um, Cody Walker error. And I mentioned a Cody Walker error and it was um, very disappointing for South Sydney um, way too many areas. We talk about how well the Tigers completed. Well, the Rabbitohs they completed below seventy percent. You're just not going to win a football game when you don't have that much more. It's probably um, it's a very good um performance for South with the fact they were just in the game. Um, with how much they competed, their defence was um, was superb, and it was just a great game of footy. It was back and forth, try for try, and um, you know, it was a great. Great game. And it was um, moving forward. This is where we were talking about the Tigers and they produced the performance against um, the Eels. And we we're like, okay, let's back it up. Uh, the Everyone was like, can they back it up? Well, they've backed it up now against two top four sides. They've got the Dragons next week. And for me, that's the biggest test because it's easy to get up for the Eels on Easter Monday. It's easy to get up for South to top four after you get the job done against the Eels. Now it's time to get... Up against the Dragons, um, and really cement yourself as a side who is really going to cause some troubles in the competition. And if they continue the way they play, that um, continue to play the way that they are, there's no reason why they can't. Um, the biggest thing about the Tigers three weeks ago was the lack of effort, and there was a play which Jacob Little made on Lachlan Ilias a minute out from half time, which showed that there's been a flip in mentality, a flip in. Effort and energy and putting yourself to the cause. Little chases Ilias down from fifty um, when Ilias had about a ten minute, uh, ten minute, ten meter head start, and he makes the tackle with one meters out. And that's a play you question uh, would have been made three weeks ago in that Cronulla game. Would someone have put that effort in to make that tackle? I don't think so. But the fact they got the win, the fact they were in the game, um, really, I think. Uh, there's a newfound energy and a newfound effort in that Tigers side. And it's great to see. And, you know, moving forward, I think they can um, fight towards that eight now because the effort's there and the energy's there and the application to the cause is there. And that is what you need in the NRL. Uh, I think I heard something during the week. The NRL, it's not uh, 10% talent and 90% effort. And if your effort's there, you're going to be in the contest every single week. For South Sydney, it's been a fairly disappointing start of the season. They barely sit in the eighth spot, uh, but it's a teething process. I think it wasn't wasn't a bad game to lose for young Lachlan Ilias in that half-back spot. To be in that position when the game was on the line, um, it will teach him a lot of lessons. Uh, The fact that he was unable to get the job done, the direction, I thought it was good. Uh, But then that last tackle, the pressure gets put up. He dishes off. He doesn't find, um, you know, a noted goal kicker. I've heard um, that Jaira can actually kick them. He slots them at training. But unfortunately, it was just a dribbler which went out for seven tackle sets. Um, But he wasn't able to find someone like Cody. Um, So they didn't set up the switch like the Tigers did. Um, So it's a good game for Lachlan Ilias to lose. um, Just to learn and to be in that situation. And to then, then um, when he next gets into a moment like that, into a game like that, he's able to go on past experiences and go, okay, this was what didn't work last time. How can I rectify that? So, um, you know, for South Sydney to be in the game, they had fifteen uh, players at the end of the game. A few injuries. James Selly, um That was a, a horrible um, head knock, which he, which he received, completely knocked out. Uh, Jacob Host dislocated shoulder. They Tane Milne spent 10 minutes in the sim bin. Um, so for South Sydney, it was all about, it. you know, everything compounded on them, really. It was one of those games for them. And um, it's it's going to be a mouth contest when they play Manly. Both teams looking to bounce back after losses in round seven. Um, so it'll be great to see. Um, but, yeah, the Tigers, they go two in a row and they're working their way up the ladder Um And it's so good to see um, for the coach, Michael Maguire, obviously a lot of pressure was put on him. So I think the the noise around his contract uh, will be silent for the next couple of weeks or couple of months. It should, if they continue to perform like this. On Sunday, uh, the Newcastle Knights, they were horrible at home. Being frank, Two points. They scored in that contest, defeated by the Parramatta Eels, 39. Um, Newcastle's defence was atrocious. They didn't turn up. They didn't stay in the contest. They weren't willing to work hard. Um, And it's disappointing to see 25,000 at McDonald Jones Stadium. And they just didn't turn up, which I spoke about earlier, about the effort and the application to the cause. And it didn't look like it was there in his post-match interview. Adam O'Brien sat there and, and the first thing um, he was asked is, what can you say after that? And all he said was, I'm sorry. And that's all you can do. All you can do is for apologize for a performance like that. In a week which was celebratory for the club, they obviously re-signed Caelan Ponga. Um, and, you know, he was – they re-signed Caelan Ponga. All that thing has died down. The conversation about his contract is now finished. He will be in Newcastle night for the next five years. But the performance didn't back that up, and that's really disappointing to see. You thought that he would come out and fire. No one on that Newcastle side came out and fired. For the Parramatta Eels, it was a great bounce-back performance. Obviously, the loss on Easter Monday, but they came out and they were firing. They play this power game, which is so fantastic to see. And when they get to this power game, they really grind teams down, and then Newcastle couldn't stay hold it with them. Um, Moses was good. Gutherson was good. I thought the decision to move Dylan Brown into the centres is confusing. Obviously, yes, they've got some injury woes, but I just don't understand moving your best, who probably is um, behind Cameron Munster, the best 5'8 in the competition um, this season um, to centre. Obviously, they've got a ready-made half there in Arthur, um, and it's probably easiest to do. But yeah, Dylan Brown, he's been an informed 6 in this competition. He's in his best... um, career best form in the sixth position and now he's playing center. He played center last week. He played center again this week. Yes, I get it. You don't have the the um, the um bodies to fill there, but I think you you got to find some other way around it to let this combination between Brown and Moses flourish, get games under their belt together. Obviously, they've played three seasons together, but just allow it to flourish with Brown playing the football that he's playing. Um, So that was a confusing thing for mine, but still an emphatic performance from the Parramatta Eels. Um, on Sunday, the Parramatta, uh, sorry, not the Parramatta, it was the Penrith Panthers were at home against the Canberra Raiders, and they were fantastic, 36 to 6 victors against the Canberra Raiders. And I just genuinely can't see this Penrith Penrith side uh, getting beaten. They're just going from strength to strength to strength in this competition, and they just find, they just grind teams down, and they just, the Canberra Raiders in that second half, it wasn't until five minutes to go that they got into Penrith's half. It was like you just, if you were at the game sitting halfway, you were just looking towards one side of the um, field and you would have, genuinely have a sore neck with what you were looking at because it was all played in that um, half of the footy uh, footy field. So Penrith, they're, they're going fantastic at the moment. Stephen Crichton scoring three tries. Obviously, that centre spot for Origins opening up. He's put his cat into the ring um with that performance Nathan Cleary was fantastic their middles were sensational they're always good Penrith they produce this performance these performances at home which are just so damaging so Penrith they're playing some fantastic footy and it's really setting up a contest at Magic Round with the Melbourne Storm as I'll touch on Melbourne later but those two sides they look to be the two clear sides in this competition um and it's it's sort of as the competition goes on it, it's really hard to think of anything but a rematch of the 2020 Grand Final. They're just both going um, immaculately at the moment. And you very rarely use that word about football sides, but they're both just dominating defences, both dominating um, with their defence as well. I think that's the biggest thing about both uh, both of these sides, and particularly Penrith. Since they went on their run in 2020, they have been the best defensive side in the competition. Um, so, you know... Their attacks on fire, with the likes of Yo, uh, Cleary, uh, Edwards chiming in, but you know their defence is there, and they're the best team in the competition defensively. For the Raiders, look, I think it's unfortunate that they just played Penrith um, this week. They turned up, they kept turning up, and they were re- they were in the fight. Like with these games, that you think, oh yeah, you look at the scoreboard, thirty six to six, it must have been a flogging. But with this one, they were really in the fight. They continued to turn up, and they really scrapped hard. So um, not disappointing things for Canberra. Um, obviously, a host of changes for them. Um, and Ricky Stewart, he said in his press conference, he got the reaction that he wanted from their last game, which was obviously a very disappointing encounter at home against the Cowboys. So Penrith, fantastic. Um, that's all you can say about them. Now it was the traditional game on Easter. Mo- oh, it's not Easter Monday, on Anzac Day with the St. George Illawarra Dragons coming up against the Sydney Roosters. And the Dragons, they were fantastic. 14 points to 12 against the Roosters. And, um, you know, the Roosters, they're not playing the best footy at the moment, but credit where credit's due with St. George. They were very, very good on the day. I thought, um, you know, that first half from the Dragons was very impressive. Um, And Ben Hunt, he, he led led this side around the park so well and I was listening to the Maddie Johns podcast and you hear the way that Cooper Cronk um, says or tells how halfbacks can have their way on a game and he did it he, he described the way that Ben hunt did that on the weekend um, first half Tedesco made two tackles and um, off a kick chase. He made two tackles, then Ben Hunt on the third when he was in the defensive line, put it in behind and said, Boys, let's go, Chase. He did that on the uh, he did that on fourth very early in the game as well. Almost kicked a 40-20. So he was um, basically saying to his side as Cooper said, We're in a dogfight today. This is a game where it's tough. We've got to get down and dirty. And you know he did that. I didn't catch all of this game. Um, but, you know, it's they they're playing um, when they play their brand of footy, St George, they're good. They're a very good side, but it's just whether they can do it consistently. And um, you know, it's on the Anzac Day. It's just you can throw away the form guide because both sides show up and both sides perform because of the day that it is. And it, um, the Roosters they 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 were making their way back um into this contest, but they just weren't able to get over the line. Um, unfortunately for them and for Roosters fans, um. You know, I think the thing with the Roosters, but is people are concerned about them. For mine, they, it's very similar to what they did in season 2018 um, when Kronk first came to the club and um, Tedesco first came to the club. They're just finding their way, they're finding how they play their footy, and they're just um, slowly working in the season. And um, So I wouldn't be concerned about uh, the Roosters. I think they've got a long way to go to get to where they need to be. Um, but with that side, with that coaching staff, um, they will get there, but it's just getting there. Um, so a great performance for St. George, but for the Roosters, you know, we can we can only keep saying it's the Roosters, they'll come good, they'll come good for so long. We need to see, you know, I think the barometer for the Roosters is where they go around, um, how they go uh, from 12, round 12 onwards. From round 12 onwards, I think that's where we really judge the Roosters and how they're playing uh, because they do uh, peak at that end of the season So at the end of the season so well. So from round 12, we're real, re- we will really get a judgment of where the Roosters are at. But currently at the moment, they're really, really struggling and they really need to improve their game um, moving forward. And the last game of the round on Anzac Day was the Melbourne Storm at home, 70 points. That's right, 70 points against the New Zealand Warriors At ten, And this game, uh, 10 minutes into the second half, was a game. It was a contest. Um, You know, there were only a few scores You know, I think it was uh, 18-10 at one stage. But Melbourne, they just flicked a switch. They just play brilliant brand of footy, and they can just move the ball so comfortably. Um, You know, with the likes of Pappenhausen, he was fantastic again. Munster was fantastic again. Harry Grant was also brilliant. Um, You know, they just play such a free brand of footy. Xavier Coates got four tries. Um, so he would, they're just incredibly, they're an incredibly good football side, but in saying that, the effort from the Warriors was extremely disappointing. When you get to a day like Anzac Day, you get to something like that. Uh, it's a, a key day in the calendar of your country, being New Zealand. And to dish up in a performance like that to dish up an effort like that is extremely disappointing their young winger had an absolute nightmare on the wing um, but yeah I was really disappointed with the lack of effort in the last 25-30 minutes from the Warriors it was like they gave up and just allowed Melbourne to run the scoreboard up and they were enjoying um, seeing Melbourne put all those points on but yeah as I said earlier it's going to be a mouth-wording contest in Magic Round and we're so, we're, as football fans were slowly just ticking down with Getting closer to Magic Round, getting closer to seeing these two powerhouses of the competition going up against each other, and the way Melbourne are going, I think they can really push it against Penrith. I think they, um, I think their attack is just flowing brilliantly. They can, they can even post points without um, Pappenhausen on the field. They gave Pappenhausen an early mark. They move Harry Grant into into half um, or into five eight, and uh, Munster goes out the back, and they still. Um, raid numbers down a short side and, and put Olam through for a try. So, you know, this side's just fantastic and they're, they're really, um, you know, they're primed again for another competition. Look, the uh, the thing of, which amazes me about Melbourne is how they just continually to rotate and continually um, be there and, and be that um, team that which – he is always there and there at and abouts and, and competing for premierships and they'll be in the top four again. They're, they're a fantastic organisation and a great performance on Anzac Day. Um, but for the Warriors, yeah, the effort um, was extremely disappointing. Uh, Dallin Watini's Lesniak did cop a horrible head knock and we wish him all the best. But, you know, uh, besides that, there were really no excuses for the Warriors. It was there. Um you know they were in the game that was the most disappointing thing about this scoreline is that the game was there to be won if you look at the tries that um Melbourne scored in that first half they made four errors and three of the three of the errors led to tries so if they could tidy that up they could get the job done but you know they just came out in that second half and as I said they they only completed a, a couple of sets in that second half so you can't win games of football doing that and you know, when you allow such a side like Melbourne to get a roll on, they are not going to um, release any pressure. They are going to continue coming, continue putting on pressure. And that's exactly what they did. And that's um, that's what got them a victory. So that was the NRL for this week. Moving forward um, to the AFL. Um, on Friday night, the uh, Giants 68 Eight twelve sixty 60 were defeated by St. Kilda, 10-17-77. And St. Kilda, well, they're moving their way up to the top of the AFL ladder um, after what was it, after a loss to Collingwood in round one. But they have really just working their way up the ladder and playing some fantastic football. Obviously, the Giants, they welcomed back their captain, Toby Green. Um, but it wasn't enough. It was a great performance um, by St. Kilda in um, Canberra. Western Bulldogs nine eight sixty two were defeated by the Adelaide Crows eight fifteen sixty three. The Bulldogs they're they're in a real pickle at the moment. Something like two and um, two and four. A lot of concerns about their midfield. People are saying their midfield isn't as deep as it was. Their midfield is a lot of the same players, a lot of the same type of player and the style of player. Um, and Adelaide, well, they got the job done. Tex Walker put on a clinic in front of goal, kicking that goal go-ahead goal which saw them go up by seven points um, and then Pelly with seven seconds to go kicked a goal um, but then from there centre bounce with seven seconds to go you've got to be extremely clean and, and it's got to be some form of miracle to get and, um, and win the game from there. Port Adelaide, they got their first win on the board. 18-9, 117, defeated the West Coast Eagles 4-9, 33. And exactly what um, Port Adelaide had to do, they had to go and get the job done here, take a bit of pressure off, and it was an emphatic performance. Unfortunately for West Coast, they're just not there. Um, you know, they're having a very disappointing season. And the blowtorch and the and the spotlight is being put on certain players. People saying their standards have slipped. Um You know, with physically, they're not as uh, physically prepped as they have been in the past. Um, And a lot of pressure's being put on them as an um, organization. So, but for Port Adelaide, exactly what they needed to do. Fremantle, they continue their fantastic start of the season, 14 13 97, defeating the Carlton Blues, 9 8 62. Didn't catch this one, but Fremantle, they just continue their start of the season, which has been going so well. I believe they're inside the top four. Carlton, um, you know disappointing uh, performance for them but it's a road trip for this young group it's a it's a loss on the road a loss in um, in perth and that's only a growing um, only something they can use to grow and move forward um, as a footy club north melbourne extremely disappointing once again 61 uh, 9-7-61, defeated by geelong 17 19 121 geelong did what they have to do, doing what everyone's doing to North Melbourne at the moment, and it's absolutely demolishing them. North Melbourne, what's going on there? Their their list doesn't seem to be up there with everyone else's, and they're just uh, really, really struggling. The Gold Coast Suns, 11-14, 80, defeated by their crosstown rivals, the Brisbane Lions, 21-6, 132. 21-6, like, that's great goal-kicking from the Brisbane Lions, and you don't miss, uh, you don't lose many goals when you won't Kick 21 goals and only kick six behind. So it was a fantastic performance from them. Gold Coast, you know, they're, they're where the Gold Coast always have been. They're, I believe they're sitting very even, probably about 500, if not a bit below that. But they've really got to um, – you know, this is the year for the Gold Coast. They've got to go forward. And um, and for Stuart, you' there's been a lot of talk about coaches – the best coach of all time or one of Alistair um, Lynch and there's a lot of pressure on on coaches with the, the best coach of all time or one of in Alistair Clarkson taking the year off, seeing what's going on and people are assuming that he will come back and take an offer from a club which offers it to him so for the likes of North Gold Coast, there's a lot of pressure on those sides for also um, GWS and where they're going to go with their coach um, moving forward. Richmond eight six fifty four defeated by the defending premiers nine twenty two seventy six. The defending premiers they just go from strength to strength, and for Richmond, well, it's it's definitely the end of the dynasty now. I think we can say and say that comfortably. They aren't. Their former selves. They're not playing like they have been in the past, and that's disappointing to say, but they're just not there. Um, but Melbourne, playing fantastic football. Um, they really kicked clear in that third quarter, and it's starting to become a pattern of their play. They just come out at halftime, and they take the game away from teams because the game was in the balance at halftime. But Melbourne, they just come out in that third quarter and really take the game away from the opposition was Hawthorne defeated by the Sydney Swans, 16-13-109. And for the Swans, it was a bit of a case of, um, you know, it took them a while to wake up. They were down going into um, the fourth quarter, but a blistering fourth quarter on Anzac Day, and it was a fantastic um, performance from them. They got the job done, and they're doing what they need to do, winning. They're a top forward side now the Sydney Swans I think that is fair to say and declare um for Hawthorne it was a very good performance for them um but you know that with such a with such a young squad and such a young coach when the game's in the balance um they really need to take that step forward and, and take the game by the scruff of the neck and unfortunately they didn't do that and that's what Sydney did in this contest on Anzac Day, in the traditional Anzac Day contest in the AFL, 12 10 82 was Essendon defeated by Collingwood 15 A better performance from Essendon. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk in the previous week about how they've been going, what's um, happening with them, um, but it was a great performance from them. Um, Jack Ginnivan, uh, a fantastic performance. That saw him get the Anzac Day medal. He kicked five goals and was fantastic for the Collingwood Magpies. And that was the AFL for Anzac round. And they all did, um, the NRL and AFL, they did it fantastically, um, you know, paying their respects to the Anzacs. Unfortunately, there was one mishap in the NRL at Suncorp Stadium. And that was disgraceful to see. Absolutely shameful from that member of the crowd. Um, and he was properly dealt with by other members around him um, in the stadium. So, But a fantastic week. Um, a fantastic week in sport is Anzac round. Everyone performs um, and everyone shows their respects and everyone gets together um, for something which is so important for not only Australia but New Zealand as well. Now, if we move on to the F1, it was the uh, Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix um, in Imola, and it was a dominating display from Max Verstappen, picking up every single point. He maximized all the points he could, um, and it was a 1-2 for Red Bull. He won the sprint on the Saturday and then the race on Sunday. A very good podium from Lando Norris. Um... Taking some impressive points for uh, McLaren, and then George Russell finishing in P4 from what was a ho- um, a very bad sprint and a very bad qualifying session for both Mercedes. But um, Land, uh, sorry, not Land, uh, George Russell, he's able to get his way up the grid and really hold on to that um, P4. Charles Leclerc, the championship leader, he dropped down into sixth. He was sitting in. Um, third spot for a lot of that race he tried to push it he tried to get into p2 but he lost control of his car and it allowed for a simple one-two from red bull i mentioned um lewis hamilton and the other in the other mercedes uh, he had a very disappointing race he was lapped by max verstappen he was lapped by um the top nine he was um you know, it was an extremely disappointing race for him, finishing in P thirteen. People saying it's the car, people saying it's him. Um, George Russell, I think he's performing ex- extremely well um, with what he's got. Um, I think Lewis can do a bit better, to be honest. I think um, yes, he's a seven time he's a seven time world champion at the end of the day, so there is ability there. Um, but then, you know, Toto Wolf on the team radio at the end of the race said, "It's my fault." let me take the blame. Um, so if that's the way they're going to go, that's what they're going to do. Unfortunately for our Aussie, Daniel Ricciardo, um, he he finished in 18th position. He qualified very well in P6, but there was a crash with Carlos Sainz on the first lap of the race, which saw um, Carlos Sainz have to withdraw from the race and retire and um, resulted in Daniel Ricardo. Being 18th on the grid, he just fell back too far behind and couldn't work his way back up. And what was a very disappointing race for Schumacher? Schumacher qualified in his career-high P10. um, And we thought, could this be the first time that he gets points in his F1 career? But he dropped to P17, so a very disappointing race for Schumacher. And we look forward to the first ever Miami um, Grand Prix in a couple of weeks time so that is going to be great to see and you know that Miami are going to put an absolute spectacle on um in the next couple of weeks so that's all we got time for on the true blue sporting podcast and a review of the week that was I'll see you next time when we review well, no review when we preview what is ahead in Australian sports uh, thanks for choosing the true blue sporting podcast